Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Our first gospel lesson comes from Matthew chapter 21. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village ahead of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this. The Lord needs them and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Our second gospel lesson comes from Matthew chapter 26. Then one of the 12, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, what will you give me if I betray him to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says my time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he took his place with the 12. And while they were eating, he said, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed and began to say to him one after another, surely not I, Lord. He answered, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man goes as it has written of him, but woe to that one by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas who betrayed him said, surely not I, Rabbi. He replied, you have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, 
this is my body. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Holy Week is upon us, the sacred time in the life of the church when we journey with Jesus through his last days on earth. Jesus begins by entering Jerusalem and it is like a movie star arriving for a red carpet premiere. Of course, it's the first century, so things are a lot more low-tech. Instead of a limo, Jesus rides up on a donkey. Instead of paparazzi shouting his name and flashing photographs, the people are yelling, Hosanna, blessed are you, peace and glory. They're waving their palm branches. There's no red carpet laid out, so they whisk off their gray and brown cloaks and they spread them on the ground one after another to prepare his way. Jesus is a celebrity. He is hailed and welcomed and adored. People see the things about him that are easy to love. They want to follow him. They imagine, as people often do about celebrities, that his life is ideal, that he'll never disappoint them. They pin their hopes and futures on him so they don't have to focus on their own. But then the shouts start to die down. The people pick up their cloaks and they put them back on. And Jesus begins to turn. He turns away from the great crowds and he turns towards a small gathering of his closest followers. For he knows that celebrity is fleeting, that people are gonna find somebody else to love. Somebody who's not so threatening, somebody who doesn't threaten the power structure. So he gathers with those who have been side by side with him on his journey, his journey of teaching and healing and feeding and preaching. And with him, with them, he does what he loves best. He shares in a meal. He breaks bread. Jesus loves nothing more than a good meal. He takes every opportunity to share food from a small lunch at the house of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, to that huge field of thousands where he serves enough fish and bread to have baskets left over. 
He dines in the home of his best friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He gets accused all the time of eating with sinners. Many of his parables center on people eating food together. Throughout his ministry, Jesus transforms meals into places of grace and love and reconciliation. Now, as he faces his own death, he makes the ultimate transformation. Gathering with his disciples, he takes a cup full of wine and he shares it around the table. This cup is me, he says. It is me poured out for you. They don't quite understand. They don't know why he's making cryptic references to his blood and his life in the kingdom of God. They don't know that this is going to be the last meal that they'll share together. Then he takes some bread, he breaks it, he shares it. Knowing that the world is turning against him, Jesus continues to turn towards the world. And he says, this is my body given for you. This is my body transformed into a place of grace and love and reconciliation where all of you are welcome. This is my body given fully and freely for you. Jesus continues to move through his last week, saying again and again, this is my body given for you. Friends, this is a hard week not to be together, the most sacred week in the Christian year. It's hard to hear Jesus talk about his body, God in a body, sharing physical relationship with others when we can't use our bodies to interact with others in person. It's a hard week to hear the story of Jesus's death, of betrayal, of fear, of scarcity. Do we need this story layered on top of our own fear and pain? I think we need this story more than we ever have. To know that God is with us, that Jesus walks a road of suffering and pain, relationship and love, betrayal and prayer, questions and fear, knowing all the while that God is with him. We know that no matter what, God is with us. My hope and prayer is that we will hear this story from the palm procession to the Last Supper, to foot washing, to the cross, and all the way to resurrection, that we will hear it all, that we don't look away, that we feel it, because we need it desperately. We need the greatest story ever told, even the hard parts, especially the hard parts, because this is your story, friends. This is our story. Whether we are hearing it in the same space, in the same sanctuary, or we're hearing it on our own and our own places, it doesn't change the story. It is our story and we are the body of Christ, no matter where we are. This is my body given for you, Jesus says. He continues to move through his last week saying again, this is my body given for you. This time he says it not to his disciples, but to God. What Jesus offers is his body, his earthly body, and great agony. 
for the very same crowd that just a day before had welcomed him with shouts of Hosanna. Now, now they're yelling, crucify him. Jesus is no longer a celebrity, no longer somebody who's popular to love. He is somebody people love to hate. Now these people are driven by fear. They're controlled by the Roman authorities. They're suspicious and scared and they want a common enemy. When they realize ganging up on Jesus can give them some security, however brief, with those wielding power, how quickly they turn from throwing their cloaks on the, on the ground and worshiping Jesus to stripping all the clothes off of his body and worshiping at the foot of violence, the foot of the cross. They spit, they yell, they're not gonna rest until they see him in his grave. Jesus retreats from the scene, from this mass anxiety, and he seeks communion with God. Because Jesus is also human, he's tempted, tempted by all the anxiety and threats to give up, to give into fear. We need this story this week, friends. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's tempting to give in to fear. Jesus begins his ministry in the desert with temptation. And now at the end of his life in that garden of Gethsemane, he faces it again. He's tempted to give up on his mission so he won't have to face his death. Maybe I could retract this message, he thinks, and save himself from the agony of death of giving over his body. But that would mean giving up on love, settling for hate speech. It would mean giving up on including the social outcast, only sharing meals with the right people, accepting violence as an appropriate response to fear, being satisfied with an economic system that keeps so many hungry while a few are full. Most of all, he knows this would mean giving up on the kingdom he came to bring, turning his back on God's beloved community. Jesus is conflicted and scared, but he knows what's right. And Jesus knows that when our hearts are torn, our bodies are in agony, our souls are weighed down, all we can do is pray. This is my body given for you, he says, with tears rolling down his face. Jesus knows he can't deny who he is or the salvation he's come to bring. So he turns to God in prayer. He knows what's right. And then he's turned over to the authorities. Praying, kingdom come, their will was done. And now the earth is far away from any kind of heaven. Take me home, God, take me home. My body bears this trouble. Take me home. On Friday, Jesus's body will be given for us. On Sunday, his body will rise and all of our bodies will have eternal salvation. For the body of love, the body of hope, the body of Christ, the body of Christ will never die. And we can all pray with confidence, dear God, take us home. May it be so. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.